I love the opportunity to worship. I hope you do too. Uh, and, and, and don't take it for granted, uh, the gifts that God has given uh, Grace Church. We have a wonderful, wonderful worship team uh, and wonderful, wonderful worshipers. And so they work hard uh, each and every week. But at the same time, know that when you engage in worship, God meets you there. God, God is dancing over you uh, whenever you worship him. If it's on your way to work, uh, if it's early in the morning, if it's here at church, uh, worship. Uh, this is important uh, that we worship God and that we just give him our, our, our due. Uh, it's simple and it's not complex, but you'll, you'll find open doors when you just decide to worship uh, God and you decide to worship with, the, with, the, with a clean heart. And so I mentioned a moment ago the song, The Blessing, uh, Janie, I think, or Andrew or somebody came across it during uh, the COVID era uh, when we were kind of in lockdown. There was nobody in the services. There was 15 or 16 of us here running the online, and, uh, and they found the song and started to sing it. And then uh, Janie preached on Psalms 91, and I'm preaching out of Psalms this summer, and it's hard to pass on 91. So 91, you're going to get a double dose. Uh, Janie probably did a better job than I'll do, uh, but uh, you got me anyways, okay? Uh, and it's all right. You know, you, well, you don't have to clap, but I mean, that's... Hey, we also want to thank Hickory Fire Department here today uh, for VBS, and we had search and rescue last week was here, uh, and so we want to thank, we're thankful for the people in the area that are coming out to help with VBS and just that are making a difference, right? And so thank God for that. Uh, but Psalms 91, so growing up uh, in Catholicism, I was part of uh, prayers that were kind of preordained. In other words, we would say the Lord's Prayer, we would say uh, the Hail Mary, Active Contrition, the Apostles' Creed, different prayers. And so then when I became a Christ follower, praying was new to me. I, it, it was more, less structured prayers and more conversational prayers. Both are good, uh, neither are wrong. But so when I decided some years ago I would pray the Psalms. It helped me both ways because I like structured prayer, but I like conversational prayer. And the Psalms are conversations between us and God. And so now I can pray to God conversationally with a structured type of prayer. The most powerful Psalm that you can pray is probably Psalm 91. All right, you know, I'll say that hands down. Uh, the most popular prayer, Psalms 23, that you can pray is Psalms 23, but the most powerful might be Psalms 91. Moses is attributed to be the author. Uh, now, in most scriptures, there'll be an unnamed author or anonymous, but uh, historians will, will tell us to go back to whatever the previous psalm is, and whoever wrote that psalm is most likely the author. So we know Moses wrote Psalms 90. Men uh, who interpreted the scriptures, they added chapter and verse. And so uh, we believe that Psalms 90 and 91 is attributed to Moses. And the reason I say that is because he probably wrote it out in the wilderness, okay? He was in a wilderness season. And you might be in a wilderness season in your life. You might be in a time where, God, why, why am I walking through this? Why am I in this realm? Why is this going on? Why is this taking place? Or you might be going into that season, okay? We all have those seasons of valleys in our life. And the, the strong uh, word of the Lord, the encouragement, is what Moses went through. He was leading about a million Israelites into the wilderness from bondage, and more than half of them wanted to go back into bondage. And this is true even when we're set free from sin. Sometimes we're set free from sin, but yet it's, our, it's almost our refuge. We don't know anything else, so we end up going back. And maybe there's different people that battle different addictions or battle different things in their life, and they keep wanting to run back. Moses was dealing with this in the wilderness with the Israelites. And so 
We're going to read today out of the Message Bible. I don't read out of the Message Bible a whole lot, but I like the way uh, Eugene Peterson phrases uh, this psalm. Uh, And when Janie and I would read this, we read this psalm every day over our family and over our church for probably a year, year and a half, I would guess. Janie handed out prayer cards. We gave them out to the church. She mailed them to a lot of women in the church. A lot of people pray this over it. A lot of people had it on their refrigerator, pray Psalms 91. Uh, It's not, you know, in the spirit of religiosity. It's in the spirit of faithfulness and trusting in God, right? So when we pray, we pray to God in the name of Jesus, all right? Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. So he's that open door for us to pray. And so Moses had God's ear. And because he had God's ear, he shows us then how to pray. And again, coming from a little bit of a religious traditional background, coming into maybe more of a relational background with Christ, I wanted to, I needed to shift. I needed to shift on my prayers not being so repetitive, but being more conversational. And the Psalms showed me how to do that. And so if you're struggling on how to pray, just open your Bible in the morning or at night before you go to bed and pray a psalm or two. Janie and I are praying a psalm every day over our church, over our family, over our loved ones, uh, and we're, we're, we're doing it uh, as, we, as we speak on Psalms of Summer, and I believe we'll probably continue it. We'll just pray a psalm, and when we speak the psalm, we speak it in a, in a prayer-type language. So I'm going to pray, and then I'll, we'll go through uh, the, the message Bible kind of breaks them down into two or three verses at a time uh, where I read them all through the first service. I'm just going to read them in part the second service and, and continue to uh, talk, talk about them. So let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your truth. We thank you for your victory. We thank you for your love. Lord, we thank you for Psalms 91 and for the spirit of the Lord that you dealt with Moses. So open our hearts our minds, our ears to hear what you have for us in store today, Lord, and take it home with us so that we can pray this foundational prayer. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church said, amen. It's very foundational, and so if you're new to Christ or if you've been in Christ for quite some time, this is a, this is a prayer, this is a psalm that will get you through some very hard times. Let's go to Psalm 91, and when the Bible says, you who sit down in God, the high God's presence... You spend the night in Shaddai's shadow, El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, the all-knowing one, the all-powerful one. This is Shaddai. This is God who is the creator of everything. He knows all. He sees all. He understands all, yet he loves all. He cares for all. He has grace and mercy for all. In Shaddai's shadow, it's uh, the high God. It's the almighty God. He he, the Bible says in the ESV version, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That, that, that word dwell is takes up residence. You who take up residence with God. It's like if you were buying a house or moving, and Janie and I have moved a couple times in our, in our, uh, in our history. More than a couple, maybe more than a couple, maybe sometimes we've moved twice in one year. Yeah, we've, we've kept realtors in business. Our realtors drive really nice cars. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but a house is not a home until people move into it. Otherwise, it's just a structure. It may look good. It may, it may have a nice facade on it. It may have a nice brickwork or nice paint colors. It may have carpet or wood floors. It may have different things in that house, but it's not a home until, until someone moves in. It's the same with us. We're, we're just a house. This is an earth suit. We receive Christ as our Savior, and the Spirit of God moves into us. Now we become a home. We become a dwelling place for the Almighty God. God dwells in you right now. There's a dwelling place there. And not only is there a dwelling place in that home, that, that, that place where God is, but there's a chasing place too. There's a place where we can chase God. In other words, we can have God dwelling in us and we can say the prayer. We become born again or we become a Christ follower. We become this, this entity that has a relationship with God. But each and every day we need to grow in that relationship. 
This is what Moses is saying. You who sit down in the dwelling place of God, in his presence, you spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. When you look at a shadow, especially of a larger uh, person, maybe a parent or a grandparent who's holding the hand of a, of a small child is how I imagine it. Imagine God holding your hand and God's going to cast a big shadow and you're in that shadow because you're close to him. He's your refuge. He's your, he's your strong tower. This is what uh, Moses is telling the Israelites if they would dare to listen, if they would dare to challenge and understand who God is, if they would dare just to walk it. See, so you can hear about God, but until you experience God through Christ, all he is is just this, this figment of your imagination. He's, he's, is, he, is he God? And we hear this all the time. Well, why would God send people to hell? Why would God cause disease? Why would God? God didn't. God has done none of that. It's from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that caused the fall, and the fall caused all these things to start to take place. But God is still in charge, and God is still in control. And God is still full of love and mercy and grace and goodness and kindness. He just wants man to fall back in love with him. And when we fall back in love with God, and we, we dwell in that secret place, and we walk in Shaddai's shadow, then things start to turn for us. And, and uh, the Bible says, and he says, say this, God, you are my refuge. I trust in you, and I am safe. See, those are important words because no matter where you're at today, if you're in a place where you need God or you need, you need safety or you need uh, uh, confidence or you need something clarified or you need something figured out, God is our refuge. I trust you, God, and I am safe. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps, shields you from deadly hazards. His huge, outstretched arms protect you. Under them, you are perfectly safe. Honey, would you like to come up and give that analogy for the, the, the hen? That was such a good one that you closed with. Come up and talk about that for a moment from a woman's perspective because the, the, just the whole idea of that was, was beautiful. In verse 4, it says, and under his feathers, in, in, um, the, in a real Bible, it says, and under his feathers, I will, I will abide, I will seek refuge, is what it says. I'll seek refuge under the feathers. And I took that from a mother's point of view. I saw it as like a, a mama hen, and she would put her wings out. And those little chicks, if there was a storm coming, she could make a squawk or she might flap her wings. And those little chicks would just come running and she could put her wings down and there was nothing coming in to get them. Nothing could, get, could take them out. And I said, I have a very loud whistle. And forever with my children, I would, I would just put my fingers in my mouth and I could whistle. And to this day, I could do that. Drew is downstairs teaching the class, and if I whistled, he could probably hear me, and he would come running up thinking, oh, it's time. But that's how loud it can be. But it's my sound. It's my, I need you. I, there's something going on. I'm raising my wings just like the mama hen would raise her wings, and those little chicks could come in and seek refuge. But I also read it as it's their choice. And I see that, like some of our little chicks, our little chickens, they choose to go over here, and mama might be squawking, get over here, you know, whistling, hey, there's trouble. But they choose to stay outside, and it says, and under the cover. And I loved that part that talked about having God's covering, God's protection. I'll seek refuge. But they have a choice to come in here or stay outside, and I believe we have that same choice that that we can choose to be undercover by being obedient to God's word and doing what his word says. If his word says I have to pay my tithes, I'm going to pay my tithes because I want to be under that shelter. If it says I need to be faithful to church, if it, I need to faithfully serve one another, if I have to love my neighbor as myself, I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to do that because that's my choice to be undercover. So I seek refuge 
and I get undercover. And that's kind of how I saw it from a kind of a mama point of view is that little mama hen's going to raise her wings. She's going to squawk a little bit. And you'll see little chickens just come running if a storm's coming. And she'll tuck her down. Ain't nothing coming in there. She's protecting them under the feathers. And that's what I see in this verse. That's my vision of just seeing God protecting us when harm is trying to come our way. We made a choice to be undercover. That's good. That's good, right? That's really good. We were in the we were driving out in the country the other day and uh, in the middle of the road was a big doe deer and it was just beautiful, just a beautiful deer and and so I slowed down and it stood there. It like, you know, I don't and my headlights weren't on or anything. I didn't blind it. It was just standing there and I thought, man, it, it's like it's playing chicken with us, you know. It, Who's going to give in first? Well, I, I slowed down. It was protecting a little Bambi that was maybe maybe 30 days old. This thing was not old at all. And then as soon as mama moved, the little baby moved as well. That's how we need to be with God. When God moves, we need to move. When God stays, we need to stay. When God covers, we need to be undercover, okay? Because we do get ourselves in trouble when we move out from undercover. We, they, we have to be careful. And, and it takes time, but it takes prayer. When we pray uh, the Psalms, then the Lord knows that he can, all of a sudden he move, we move from shadow to fortress, okay? And, and Eugene Peterson in the Message Bible doesn't really portray that, but God is our fortress. He's our strong tower. And so now he's our shadow, but just like that, that, that mama hen where she's flapping her wings, now she becomes the fortress. She becomes, and that deer that was in the middle of the road, we didn't see the baby until mama moved, and then the baby falls. Oh, that's why she wouldn't move. There was, this, there was this baby. He becomes the fortress now well, rather than even the shadow maker. And then, then he says here, his huge outstretched arms protect you. Now, I take it from a, a man's perspective. My friend Daniel back here has got some big arms. He works out. He, he's, and, you know, his arms are really big, and we always compare arms, and my arms are not nearly as big as his, but, he, you know, he's worked hard to get them. Now, here, how big are God's arms when he can just stretch out and reach out and pull you out of trouble, pull you out of snares, pull you out of those things. This is a God that we serve. He's a loving God. He's a mighty God, but he's a caring God as well. And he protects us and he watches over us. Under them, you'll be perfectly safe. See, when we pray Psalms 91 as a prayer, we're asking God and we're making declaration. God likes it when we declare things. God likes us to declare how good he is. God likes us to declare how powerful he is, how majestic he is. He likes us to declare how righteous he is, but he also likes us to declare how much of a protector he is, how much grace he has, how much mercy he has, how much love. Under them you'll be perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm, just like the mama hen flapping her wings. You're not going close if those chicks will come back in. And Janie has a powerful whistle. The, it's the loudest whistle. I, can you want to whistle? You want to try it one time? Who wants to hear Janie whistle just once? Just once. Just one time. Just, just one time. You could just once. Just once. That, that was weak. She, she held it back. She's in church. She's in church. She was told not to whistle in church. All right. Fear nothing. Turn to somebody and say fear nothing. In fact, I would say fear no one. I don't think you, you don't have to walk in fear. The Bible is clear here, you don't have to fear. Listen, I believe you should respect everyone, but you should fear no one. Are you with me? You don't have to fear, you don't have to have fear in your life. You don't have to fear uh, evil pestilence. You don't have to fear something. And listen, when we walk through life together, yes, there are going to be some things that happen. We've prayed this whole time. We've prayed Psalm 91, yet we have had loved ones in our church and family die because of COVID. Well, Pastor, how can you be so upbeat? Because I trust in God. I trust that he knows better than I do. I trust that he's in charge of every single breath that each one of us take. And I also trust that I'm going to see those loved ones again on the other side. That's where we're going to live for eternity and bow at the master's feet. Can you say amen? 
Fear nothing, not wild wolves in the night, let's move on. Not flying arrows in the day, not disease that uh, prowls through the darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon, not though, even though others succumb all around, drop like flies right and left, no harm will even graze you. Now he's speaking, Moses is, to a generation that walked 40 years in the wilderness and never, ever had to buy new shoes. Never had to buy new clothes. Think about that for a moment. One pair of shoes for 40 years. Dear Lord. (laughs) No. You guys couldn't do that. I could. 40 years. And their shoes never wore out. Their clothes, God had protected them and watched over them. Now, God is no respecter of person. If he'll do that for them, he'll do that for you. Go ahead and buy shoes this year by choice if you want. But I'm, what I'm saying is God, God knows our very innermost being. He cares for us that much. You'll stand untouched. Watch it all from a distance. Watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because God's your refuge the high God, your very own home. Evil can't get close to you. Let's move on. Harm can't get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. Look at that one for a moment because we all believe we have a guardian angel. I know mine is Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life. He's still working on his wings. He's not quite there yet. I know he's trying. I give him an E for effort. Come on, buddy, you can do it. I have to encourage my angels sometimes. And maybe you feel that way. Where you at, man? What's going on? But God says he'll put angels over you. Jesus could have called 10,000 angels at his disposal just like that, and you probably could too. God says he's going to do that for you. Not angel, but angels. I want you to grab that to guard you wherever you go. Janie and I were here maybe a year or two, and there was a rock slide, mud slide out on Interstate 40, uh, exit 1-2, somewhere around there, mile marker 1-2. And um, we were coming back. My sister was deathly ill, so we had to go home and uh, thank the Lord that she, she came out of it. We were coming back, and we had to go through the National Park, the Smokies, and uh, GPS wasn't as fine-tuned as is today and we were in some we were on some weird road and we were going up a mountain and the mirrors it was like something out of et our mirrors on our car just floated in they did they floated in all by themselves it was the weirdest thing in the world Janie got on the phone and and texted the kids if you can get this text we're we're not sure if we're gonna like we don't know where we're at we're not sure if we're gonna make it. it was snowing it was winter we had 12 hours of snow we had just gone through we're on a mountain somewhere we have no idea and our mirrors go in on the on the tongue it was like it was extraterrestrial it really was and and Janie was like I don't Mark I don't know where we're at I have no idea either. Well, that's not comforting. Well, the radio won't work. The phone won't work. Nothing won't work. No idea. We get to the top of this mountain. We've got to turn around and come all the way back down in the snow. And all, and, but you know what? God had angels all around us. Our faith, our hope, our trust, our belief, our confidence is in God, not even ourselves. Now, what we can do, and this is the trick of the enemy, is that we have to make sure that we work it all out. God wants to work it out for you. God is in charge of our lives. God is in charge of what things take place. God, he's got angels over you to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, he'll catch you. These angels are going to catch you. How many times has an angel caught you and you were unaware? When you get to the other side, the Bible says, Paul's speaking, you're going to judge your angels. I haven't got a couple words for mine. I'm going to be honest with you. Where were you, buddy? And he's going to say, I was right there. In fact, I was carrying you all the way. Where were you? (laughs) 
If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. In other words, anything that's strong, anything that's powerful, anything that's mighty, God will move out of your way so that you can have a clear path to his righteousness. That's how much he loves you. If you'll hold on to me for dear life, there's the key. See, we can't use God just when we want God. Oh, God's good. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think I'll go to church today. Yeah, I feel like it. Yeah, I feel good. Or, man, I really need something really bad. I need to show up at church today. God's just, you know, I got to rub my Bible three times and have Jesus show up just like a genie. If you hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care. If you only get to know and trust me. I don't believe you can have 100% faith without 100% trust. Otherwise, faith becomes very selfish. Well, I have faith. I thought it was going to work out. I have faith that God will work it out. God didn't work it out the way I thought he would. That's okay. It's up to God. Yeah, but, but, but if, if God is God, then why does he do this? Because God's not a magician or a magic genie. God is God. And he, all he requires us to do is walk in obedience for him. And if we can walk in obedience, if the, if the feathers fly and the little chicks come in, the rest is God will walk them to the nearest path of safety. Well, yeah, but what if this happens? It, it doesn't matter. If we trust God, then we have 100% faith. If we don't have 100% faith, we don't have 100% trust. If we don't have 100% trust, we can't have 100% faith because our faith isn't that it will work out the way we want it to work out. Our faith is that it will work out the way God wants it to work out. If it will work out the way God wants it to work out, that's our faith and trust, our hope, our belief, our confidence, then is in him. Call me and I will answer. Be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you. Then I'll throw you a party. I'll give you a long life, give you a long drink of salvation. At the end of this, and we'll, and we'll move to a different translation, I'll, I'll give you seven or eight I wills. And you can write them down if you want. He says, I will rescue you. So in the middle or two-thirds of the way through this conversation, Moses is saying how good God is. Israelites, would you listen? Church in America today, Grace Church, will you pray this psalm? If you'll pray this psalm, and all of a sudden, at verse 13 or 14, the story flips, and now God's responding. In other words, I'm going to do my part. Then God shows up at the scene and he says, I will rescue you. What's that mean? I'll deliver you. I'll give you a cause for escape. I'll give you that trap door that nobody knows about, that you walk through and people say, how'd you make it out of that? God. Who cared for you? God. What happened? God. And he says, I will, I will rescue you. I will protect him. That literally means I will set him on a high place. Picture a young person, maybe two or three years old, that falls into a pool. What's mom and dad do? They pick that young person up, all right? And then they put him, on the, they put him back on the deck, unless they're teaching them the mechanics of swimming. Well, breathe out when you're underwater so that you don't breathe any water in or paddle or, or keep your eyes closed or open if you have goggles on, all those little things. But at some point in time, then they lift that child up and put him back on on the pool deck. That's God saying, I will lift you to another higher place. I'm going to protect you. Number three, I will answer him. In other words, God will respond to your needs. God, I trust you. God, are you there? He's, he's speaking to you. Sometimes we just have to be still and know that he is God. We have to listen to what God has to say. Have, have you ever tried to talk to someone who never shuts up? I mean, you know, there's no conversation back and forth. It, it, you talk, they talk, you talk, they talk, they ask, you ask, they talk, they talk, back and forth, all right? And I'm not talking about someone who has a good conversation going, and, and I'm talking about someone who always wants to tell you all their problems. You have, a, you, have a, you have an answer. He's called God. He's called Jesus. He's called the Holy Spirit. But that answer is no good because they, they want to keep talking about their problems, God says, if you just wait and listen, I'll, I'll answer you. And he says, I will be with him in time of trouble, in his afflictions or their distress. When we were young and going to school, if we got in trouble by one of the nuns and had to go see the principal, it was always so much better. 
if we had to go with somebody else. Because then when I went home and told mom and dad, I could always say, yeah, but so-and-so was with me. In fact, it was maybe a little bit more their fault than it was mine. I just was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And sister so-and-so would hit you with the ruler, and, and you were okay. And, you know, you had to go home and tell mom you got in trouble. Why'd you get in trouble? Well, it was so-and-so's fault. It was never mine. God is with you in times of trouble. Even if you got in that trouble yourself, God is with you. Even if you, if, if you like, I'm wondering where God is. I wonder who God is. God is there. He's with you all the time. He says, I will deliver him. That means to rescue or bring into safety him. God is then our deliverer, and I will honor them as the worship team comes back. He says, and I will honor them. In the Hebrew means to make rich or to make strong, to be heavy with honor. So God is saying, wait a second, if you trust me, if you pray Psalms 91 and you declare these good things about God, and you say, God, you are my refuge, my strong tower. You are my shelter. You are my shadow. You are, my, you are, you are the Almighty One. You're El Shaddai. You are these things in my life. God says, because you say that and because you trust me and because you care for me, because you want to chase after me and make me your dwelling place, we have favorite parts of the country that we love to go. Uh, Janie and I love the mountains in Colorado. We love the Rockies. It's just absolutely gorgeous up there. And there's a, a place in Winter Park uh, called Hernando's that we love to eat at Hernando's. And when we're in Winter Park, we eat at Hernando's every night. It's just a little pizza place. We eat at Hernando's every night. It, it, if we can't make it at night, we go for lunch. It's, our, it's like it's just a secret place. And we ask other people that have been to Winter Park, have you gone to Hernandez? No, where's that? Oh, it's down at the end and over to the right. That's what God wants to be in your life, is that secret dwelling place that you're like, wow, I finally found God. I mean, I, I found God in this really cool way, right? That, like, he's not, doesn't have a black robe on and a gavel. He's not going to strike me dead. He's not going to do evil, mean things to me, even though if evil or mean things happen to me, it's not from God. But because God is God, he's going to see me through it. Even if he doesn't deliver me from it, he will see me through it. Not only that, but he'll have angels guard over me and pick me back up and, and help me out. This is the God that you and, and me, we serve this God. And, and what I want to encourage you today is it's not just God, it's God. It's like Father. Man, I look in, in this house, I see many good fathers and many good mothers and many good parents and grandparents. I see many good sons and daughters. And, and, I, and I think, you know, as good as you all are, God is so much better. He loves you so much that he says, here's, here's my resting place. I'm flapping my, my feathers, and, and, and the uh, Jewish historians will say Moses is really talking about the mercy seat. If you know anything about the mercy seat, the beauty of the mercy seat is that we can run to the mercy seat. We can run to the mercy seat, and God's mercy is good for us all the time, all the time. Anytime we need mercy, God's mercy is there. And the beauty of Christ coming on this earth is that we don't have to wait once a year for the great high priest to go see the mercy seat. We can run to Jesus all the time. He is our great high priest. And it says two last things with great life, with long life will satisfy him and that will show him my salvation. The flip side of this the last couple of verses, Moses is basically talking about Joshua and Caleb. If you look at the era that they're in, he knows Joshua and Caleb have been faithful, they've been true, they've trusted God, and they're going to go to the promised land. And, and Jesus says, hey, if you know me, if you have intimacy with me, you can make it to that promised land. Stand with me this morning, each and every one of you. And we're going to the team's going to sing Psalm 91 that they sang during the COVID era once or twice or when Janie preached. And I want you to, as you, as you sing it, I want you to, if you would, just imagine 
when I, when I read a book or hear a song, I, I place myself at some point in that song or some part of that book. I want you to place yourself where God is God, but he's not God, the, the author of, 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 of the whole existence. He's God, the father figure that loves you so dynamically that he won't let anything happen to you. And if you're walking in a time of trouble or trial or need, just trust in God. And yes, that's easier said than done. I get it. I understand. But it's through that trust that you have to understand who God is. And he shows you. And then he wraps those angels around about you. And he picks you up and he brings you to safety. So as they, as they sing in just a moment after I pray, place God in that position where you can dwell with him. Not only for eternity, Father, we thank you today that you've given us the Psalms to read, to pray, to pledge. And I pray today that as we read Psalms 91 again and again and again and again, it's not through religious repetition, but Lord, it's through faithful trust in you that you respond. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name.
Spirit says, let everything that has breath, let it praise the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is in me. Let me bless the holy name. We were created to worship. We were created to be under the wings of the Most High. We were made to dwell in His presence. Amen. What a great word. Um, you can tell I love I love Psalms 91. I just, I have, we lived there. I think we all did, but we really lived there. And um, that was my clothes. That was the wings was my was my closing. But um, so now I'll come up with another one real quick. Um, I loved the part where the first 13 verses it talks about, and you will, and you will, and you will. Pastor shared, but in verse 14, he turns it around and he says, and I will, if you do this, I will do this. And I think that is so powerful. If we do our part of what God's telling us to do, we come to verse 14 and it says, and I'll protect you. I will cause nothing to harm to come near you. I and you will dwell in the salvation. And that's where we are today. Amen. So we're just glad that we have the privilege and the honor to get to have the word, to pray the word, to pray the Psalms, and we're encouraging you to do that. And if maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I'm just, I've, I'm away from God, I'm not maybe as close as I need to be, or I've never accepted Christ as my Savior, I want to come and I want to live under that covering. That's what it's all about. It's never about, it's never been about a religion. It's always been about a relationship with Jesus. He loves you, and he loves you just the way you are. He will perfect. In Psalms 118, he says, I will perfect, where that word means complete. I will finish. I will complete the things that concern you. That is not my job or pastor's job. That is his job. Our job is just to come undercover and be under his shadow. So if this morning, as I close, I'll just say a prayer. And all you have to do is say, that's me. And you can just say that in your heart and believe in your, in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you're born again. That's how simple it is. It's just so simple. So we're just excited that, that y'all are here with us today. But I don't want you to forget when you go out the doors, we've got the lemonade stand. And that is to help the children in, in Nicaragua. So if you could like dig just a little bit deeper, maybe instead of going to McDonald's, just have peanut butter and jelly. Because we went to McDonald's and it was it was like 22 bucks for two, two meals. It's like, wow. Well, that would really help with the roof. I mean, simple things like that. If you say, I can't afford it, maybe we all have to just check and say, how can I be the hands and feet of Jesus? And how can I help others? So I think it's just really this is an important cause. And I shared with Mark, I said, I said, if I am so awestruck or just blessed to think little Selah said, well, we could have a lemonade stand to get a roof on that, that building. How much more is our heavenly father look down when we do things and say, wow, those are my kids. Those are my children. And he cheers us on. I just was so blessed by that. So we just ask you to please give it the kiosk, check, cash, whatever you can do. It's We really would love to be a blessing to this mission. These are amazing people. They're just incredible. Donna, we are so, so proud of you and the years you have, have spent there and given to this Nicaragua. We are just so blessed to have have Amanda and Donna in our church. We really are. Their heart is, is God's heart. That's, he says, when did you feed the poor? When did you take care of the prisons? when you gave in the lemonade this morning. Simple as that. Father, we love you so much. And we are in awe of who you are in our lives. We're in awe of the greatness of your love for us. Because while we were yet sinners, you died for us. And I thank you for that. I thank you that Jesus died on the cross. And the only way we could ever have a relationship with you was for you to die, Jesus, and rise again. And then for us to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that we can be saved. So we do that today. Anyone, Lord, even at the
the sound of my voice online watching that says, I have never accepted Christ, but I want him to come into my heart. I ask, Lord, that you would just allow, Lord, your spirit just to dwell with them right now and open their mouths and say, I believe you died, I believe you rose, and I believe I am a new creation in you. Those that, Lord, may be away from you or maybe just not as close as they would love to be. They would love to hide under those wings, Lord, today. I pray, Lord, that your precious Holy Spirit would just draw them. And when they hear the voice, they hear the sound of your wings flapping or of your call of the Holy Spirit, they would run the choice to run under your shelter. We thank you for that. Pray you go with each and every person. You guide them, you protect them, and you shelter them in your arms. In Jesus' name, amen. We love y'all so much. Be blessed and get your lemonade. Love ya. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select Give. We can't wait to see you next week.